Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. For the last time in 2017, Billboard Chart Beat Podcast. I'm Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. Wow. And I'm, I guess, for the final time in, in this great year of ours, I'm Trevor Anderson, a chart manager here at Billboard. We taped this one uh, recently and uh, partly uh, running this. There's a new book out that could make a great gift. You're still doing the holiday shopping. Uh, a book by uh, our own. Fred Bronson, uh, who was, uh, uh, did the Chartbeat column for several years uh, in the 90s into the 2000s, uh, written a lot of books over the years, probably most famously, the Billboard book of number one hits, which uh, if you're a chart fan, uh, you've probably read uh, every entry of the uh, thousand uh, plus uh, number one hits uh, over the years. I mean, that is a, a labor of love and research. I mean, there's so many artists and so many artists that Fred talked to in particular about their songs, I mean, producers, managers. I mean, it's not just a... You know, it's not just a research collection of facts, but I mean, to, to interview all these people, to set all of that up, I mean, that I mean that really is an A-plus effort on its own. So if you have not ever checked that book out, if you didn't know it existed, I'm sure, I mean, there's plenty of copies at the library, at the bookstore, you know, just grab one, flip through it, buy it. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it, there's nothing like it out there, truly. And uh, Fred's uh, been on the podcast before. He's, he's talked about the book. We had him on in uh, earlier this year, too, uh, when we had uh, Kelly Clarkson on. He's a big uh, American Idol fan. He's, he's contributed to American Idol. So, uh, so Fred spent uh, a lot of the year, a lot, a lot of last year, uh, interviewing the Jacksons about uh, their legacy, which uh, dates back to Diana Ross uh, presenting them, uh, discovering them, uh, and uh, Barry Gordy back in the late 60s. And yeah, you look back. Well, even, I mean, even, you know, the day before that, working working out in Gary, Indiana, before right. they were even, you know, the Motown heavyweights. Uh, so uh, who would tell that story better than uh, someone who's lived through it all? So uh, Jackie Jackson, we're really honored to have uh, Fred and Jackie both on the phone uh, together uh, talking about uh, what it was like, obviously, putting the book together, but uh, Jackie reliving uh, 50 plus years of, of a life that, that so few people, who's had a life like that in the spotlight, uh, for, for just becoming a part of music history for, for a half century. So uh, 
That's what this week's uh, Billboard Sharpie podcast is. Jackie Jackson, memories of the Jacksons, the Jackson 5, Michael Jackson, going solo. Um, and even we get some mentions of Janet in there yeah. as well. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, I mean, truly like the full family affair. Right. And I will say there's an emotional moment coming up where uh, Jackie uh, starts talking about Michael Jackson. And you'll hear that, uh, you know, if, if nothing else, you can hear the bonds that this family has had. And uh, you take away just the spotlight that they've had. I, I think when you listen, you get a real sense. I, I think I got this from, from when we talked to, to Jackie that, you know, at the core of it all, they're just a family. It goes back to uh, family first. And, yeah, they just happen to be one of maybe the most famous musical family of all time. Well, and I guess kind of almost to counter that point, I think the spotlight, you know, when you leave it on, I mean, the spotlight to me seems like they brought them closer together. I mean, you see so many families who, you know, I mean, the spotlight, you know, brings up disputes and arguments and we don't talk to each other and, you know, disagreements. And it seems like, I mean, throughout all this, you rarely, I mean, hear about any sort of Jackson feud or, or long lasting bitterness. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, they're all, yes, very famous, rich, this and that. But. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 that that's one element, the family element that has kept them going forever. Yeah, he, I think he mentions uh, he mentions at the end of the podcast that with family reunions now, it's just just a big big party. It's a big love. Party. Yeah, I mean, between you know, not only just the, the the siblings that we all know, but I mean, nieces and nephews and grandkids, and I mean, and both their parents are still alive as well. So I mean, you know, it's a real huge family affair, multi generational. That's just so cool. And uh, uh, the Jacksons are still performing. They just had a, a 50th anniversary tour in England. So uh, they're still still continuing that that legacy. Again, the title of the book that uh, Fred Bronson uh, wrote with, with Jackie uh, Jackson and the Jacksons. So, uh, again, just really excited to, uh, to uh, have uh, Fred Bronson and Jackie Jackson of the Jacksons as our special guests on uh, this, the last uh, Billboard Sharpie podcast of 2017. <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, Jackie Jackson, and Fred Bronson, author of the new book, The Jackson's Legacy. Thank you both uh, so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, happy to be here. All right, so uh, what's it like for both of you doing a book that really just turns into, uh, this is your life? You know, uh, Jackie, you're, you're letting Fred uh, grill you about the, every detail. Uh, do you learn things about yourself that maybe you never realized before when you, when you do a retrospective like this? And, and Fred, what was it like? Uh, being uh, the person uh, doing doing all the grilling. After hearing about the, the book, the Motown book, and and uh, the Rolling Stones book, and, and things that Fred has done in the past, and I said, this is the guy we want to use to uh, do the Jackson book. And, uh, uh, and he came out to the house, and we sat down for about six days, going over all kind of archives and storage and stuff like that, pulling everything out of my storage and. It was a lot of hard work. You know, it was a lot of fun because I realized I had things that, in stores that I forgot about that I never knew about. And just to refresh my memory on some of those items I had in, in stores, it, it brought a lot of great tears to my eyes and a lot of joy of, of, of all the things I've, that I've uh, learned along the way with friends and, and all the photos we've taken along the way. It was just great to see everything again. Because sometimes you put things away 
and you don't realize you have it until you see it again. You, you know, so it was, it was great working with Fred. He's uh, easy to work with, and we uh, we did a lot of great interviews. Like some of them were like long hours, but you know, it was worth it. It's a great book. Thank you, Jackie. I I had a great time. I mean, uh, you know, I had I had actually never met Jackie before, or Marlon, or Tito. So this was my first time uh, sitting down with with you know all of them uh, separately, and they were all great. Uh, they're not all you know, Jackie. You and Marlon and Tito, or you all have your own personalities, obviously. But uh, I found that all three of you had a great uh, humility and uh, were very open to talk about anything I asked. Uh, so in, in those terms, it, they were very easy interviews to do. It just was a conversation and it flowed. And we went from childhood up to today. So we covered a lot of ground. <laughs> I know you've said uh, before, Fred, on other books you've worked on, it it, it can be months and years, and then uh, it finally comes out. And it, it, you maybe think uh, that day was never going to come, but uh, for both of you, uh, you've got the book in front of you. It's uh, such a great-looking uh, product, but uh, as you said, Jackie, so many pictures, so many uh, images, uh, mementos, uh, things that uh, you you think, wow, how did they how did they find that over these years? Looking at the book now, uh, what do you both think of it? Well, this is a fantastic book, and. And I know it was fantastic because I, I played, so, uh, matter of fact, I uh, showed this to some of my friends, and they are very tough critics, and they just love the book. They said, oh, man, this is incredible. <laughs> and I'm just happy to hear that, that they were telling me that about the book was so great. You know, because it's very tough critics. One of them was John McClain from Motown. He, uh, he's been with us for years. He's like our seventh brother in the family. He saw the book. He just thought it was just unbelievable. To keep raising for so I had I gave him one of mine already. <laughs> he wanted one so so bad. So he, he he just loved it. He said, "Man, this is fantastic. I've never seen a book like this before." I said, "He told me." I said, "Wow, <laughs> it's a great book." <laughs> I I gotta I gotta agree, and not not because of me, but the art direction. You know, the publisher does all that. I I don't I don't lay out the book, and it's really a beautiful book it also weighs a lot you, know, you gary you've got your and trevor you've got your copy there right but yeah you could it's heavy thick yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little little hefty you you mentioned uh you know taking a year or so to write a book uh this time uh the publisher uh they already had a, a publication date when they asked me to write it and they said we need you to do it in two months and i said uh that is impossible <laughs> i cannot write a book in two and that that included doing the interviews you know which would which, which took a whole month of traveling around the country right and uh but somehow i won't say i did it in two two months but the book text i finished in two and a half months and then there's a thousand over a thousand photos so i had to write the captions and the the captions took uh, another six weeks to write because that that required a lot of research. But it got done way more quickly than any book I've ever written. <laughs> yeah, and, and as much of a historian uh, as you are, Fred, about music, you, you must have learned a lot that that even even you didn't know as you went through this whole process. I did. I mean, I I lived through, you know, the the beginnings of the Jackson Five and their career and. 
In fact, I, I told Jackie when, when I did the interview, I saw them in the summer of 1969. The Supremes did a show at the Forum in, in Inglewood, California. And the surprise guests were the Jackson Five. Nobody had ever seen them. You know, the public had never seen them before. And so I was in the audience and saw their, you know, like a 20-minute set that they did in the middle of a Diana Ross and the Supreme show. So I was there from the beginning. So I felt like I knew a lot going in, but you're right. I learned a lot more uh, just by talking with Jackie and Marlon and Tito about their lives that I didn't know, and it's, it's all in the book. Jackie, take us back to the, the very beginning. Uh, this is in the book. Uh, the house was, was so musical uh, that you uh, grew up in, and uh, your dad was tough. And as tough as he was, it was it was tough love because it was uh, not the easiest town you grew up in. Uh, Gary, Indiana, there were gangs, and your mom was, was more uh, the, the softy. But uh, you look back and you appreciate that he instilled that, that work ethic in you, and, and he was musical. He he was uh, playing in bands. So it sounds like it was a musical house growing up. What are the earliest origins of, of the Jackson Fives, the Jackson's yeah, earliest beginning? It was a tiny house in Jerry, Indiana, a two-bedroom house with a lot of love, and, and we did music and played a lot of baseball. That's what we did. Because we, we had baseball shows right behind our house. We played a lot of baseball. When we weren't playing baseball, we were doing music. And uh, my father would rehearse us, and uh, he bought us instruments, and uh, we had shows and concerts, but not real concerts, but like shows around the neighborhood. And we would rehearse every day, and all the kids would come around and peek in the windows, and we had a little audience. So we're an audience. They would watch us perform, and uh, and we performed for our, our neighbors around the neighborhood. And uh, my father took it from there and bought us instruments, and uh, and told us that if you want to be great one day, you just got to be, uh, you got to rehearse and and, make, and, uh, and be good at it. And that's what we tried to do. And plus, that on top of that, you know, it was tough love because he was a tough father, you know. And the reason why he was tough like that because there were games around the neighborhood. He just didn't want us to join any of those games. So he kept us away from the game. When he would go to work, he would make us move a pile of bricks from one end of the yard over to the, uh, to, to the other end. And he kept us busy. And I, I said, Dad, we finished. Now, now move him back from there to the next place now. He kept us moving bricks all day long, every day. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why he did that. Though. I said, it was tough love, but I see the reason why now. Uh, he, he was a great dad. He really was. He was there for us. He had nine kids. Most guys back in those days, they leave. They, 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 don't, they don't stay with the children. My father was there, and, and he worked hard. He had several jobs, and he was there to raise all, all nine kids. So, so the first, uh, first, the group consists of you, uh, Jackie, Tito, and Jermaine, and yeah, the then ja- Jackson Three before the Jackson, it was the Jackson. The five. Jackson Three. How, how, how did little Michael and uh, Marlon uh, get in? Well, because uh, they were always crying and whining about they wanted to be in the group, and Michael, Michael would grab these, these Quaker oatmeal boxes. You know, the Quaker oatmeal boxes. He would use those like bungos, and he would play those in front of our face while we were, you know, doing our set. And we said, God, this guy can play these Quaker Oakland boxes, you know. And uh, we put him in the group, you know. And all of a sudden, he started doing this James Brown type of dance. He was doing the James Brown, him and Marlon both. And we said, oh, wait a minute. I think we got something here. These little guys can dance and everything. So so, so we put him in the group, and people just loved them, you know. Because uh, he was doing the James Brown, and Marlon was doing the James Brown, spinning and doing splits on the floor. And... And it was very exciting. I mean, something that we can use in our in our band. 
we started doing talent shows around town in Gary, Indiana, and, and, and guys like Earth, Moon, Fire was on the show, different artists like that, you know, and and uh, we will always win the first prize, you know. We win contests all the time and played a lot of weddings around the neighborhood, and, and, and we just kept going from there, you know. I don't think I've ever heard that uh, Quaker oatmeal is uh, <laughs> is what's responsible for giving oh, us Michael yeah. Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, from there, so obviously there's talent. It's clear that uh, there's talent uh, just uh, from neighborhood shows and local shows. Uh, at that point, uh, the audition for Motown, it's actually kind of funny how it uh, started with support from Gladys Knight, which you'd think would be the incredible catalyst for, for anyone's career. But uh, even though Gladys uh, took an interest in you, uh, didn't really, well, it wasn't really her who wound up making you guys uh, get signed to, to Motown. Yeah, well, we were performing for Mayor Hatchard and Gary Scott, Mayor Richard Hatchard. That was the mayor at the time in Gary, Indiana. And sometimes, you know, his guests would be uh, artists like Bobby Taylor and the Vancouver's and Gladys Knight from the Pips. And we were on the show and uh, we performed. And she saw us and she went back and told Barry Gordy, it's just a little group in Gary, Indiana that's really hot, you know. And, uh, and all of a sudden, Bobby Taylor was on the show the next year and he went back and said the same thing to, Mo- to Barry Gordy. And all of a sudden, they started paying attention to us. You know, Motown was, was coming our way. You know, it was very exciting. And uh, so all of a sudden, they signed us. Motown signed us. Barry Gordy signed us. And we would tell people in, that, in our neighborhood that we were signing to Motown. They said, oh, you guys are not with Motown. You're not signing. Said, yeah, we signed with Motown. <laughs> we were with Motown for a whole year before anything came out, you know. And uh, all the neighbors didn't believe it quite until we came out with the first record, and they really believed it then. <laughs> and so, of course, when you guys get signed to Motown and they start grooming you, one of the things um, that you note, especially in the book, is that you guys moved into Diana Ross's house for a bit as you were starting in the career. Like, what was that like living with, with Diana, who, I mean, was oh, the diva of divas at the time? And, uh, yeah, she pretty much took us uh, her on uh, her wing. Uh, despite, like I said before, Gladys was the one who discovered us and Bobby Taylor. But since uh, Gladys, since Diana Ross was Barry Gordy's biggest star, you know, he she pretty much introduced us to the world. She did, and we lived with her in her home, and uh, it was just incredible. And she, we would paint, have paint fights in her home, uh, mm-hmm. painting, really real paint fights inside of her home. I, I wouldn't let no one do that to my home. Like, <laughs> you guys just throw paint around that. That's crazy. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We did all kind of crazy things with her in the house. She loved it. We did it. And and Marla noted the house was white, which I think makes it that much, you know, I mean. You yeah, the, think height, of, the house was white. Absolutely. And, and I guess Absolutely. it ended up red and blue and green and everything else. <laughs> It's probably good artwork right now. Them walls worth a lot of money today. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. All right, so uh, you moved to Hollywood. You're living with uh, Diana Ross. So you're given new producers of the corporation who wrote I Want You Back. What did you think of that song uh, the first time you heard it? It was amazing. When I first heard the song, I knew it was a hit right away because it was a glimpse of the piano starting. And, and, and one thing about Barry Gordy, he always taught us that, that you know, to get people's attention in any song, you've got to get their attention right away. The first thing you hear, you got to grab their attention. If you don't, they're going to go to the next record. So when I heard that glitch on the Once You Back, and that bass line, I knew right away it was going to be a hit record for us. I knew right away. And we had so much fun recording the song. Deeks Richards, Harry Gorge, Freddie Perrin, and and all the wonderful producers and that, we, that, that worked with us along the way. It was just amazing, amazing people. When I first heard the song, I heard it on the radio. I'm telling you, when I first heard the song, and after hearing the song so many times inside the recording studio, you know, mixing it and hearing it over and over again and recording it. But once you hear it on the radio, it's a different type of vibe. I heard it on the radio for the first time. I pulled over on the side of the road and I started screaming because it sounds so great. I just knew it was going to be a hit. I just knew it was a hit the way it sounded on the radio. And then I turned to the next station. It was playing on that station. It comes to the next It was playing on that station. Just back to back to back. It was playing all over the radio stations, all, all over. And I knew right then it was going to be a hit. I knew right then. And I have to set this one up since we are at Billboard. Um, so the song is a Billboard Hot 100 number one. What did you do when you found out the song was number one? Well, we we jumped for joy, all the brothers, and we uh, got together. We just couldn't believe it. And we, uh, we matter of fact, we still have some of those billboards today, you know. And uh, it was amazing to see your number, your record go number one, because we would always fall in the charts all the time looking at other artists. You know, going number one. And that was our, our goal in life is to have a number one record. And we, and we did. We had. What was that like? Like, you know, it's one thing to have a number one song, but then you had four in a row. How did that change your life? Well, it changed my whole life in many ways because after having four number one records in a row, we couldn't go anywhere. And we realized that. That it was like pandemonium wherever we went. It was like pandemonium and uh, pretty much. Uh, uh, at first, I didn't like that, you know, because I like to go places and go um, to be part of everyday life with, you know, be, be, be regular, you know, Joe. But after having four number one records, <laughs> that's not the case. I found out. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the case, you know. Uh, and 
and we were doing concerts and it was like every went it was like pandemonium and yeah it was great and we loved performing and we had a lot of sellout concerts all around the, the whole globe uh this unbelievable unbelievable career that, you know, that we've had and i wouldn't change the right. thing in the world yeah it was great and it happened so fast i mean you had your four number ones within just a few months it was it was like you went from being unknown to being the biggest group in America in a very short time. Yeah, and pretty much the biggest group, you know, all over the world at that at that particular moment because sure, us were big all over the world and uh, and traveling over to England for the first time and all over Europe. It was just amazing because I remember uh, uh, flying into London at that particular time. Uh, five o'clock in the morning, the pilot let us know there was ten thousand screaming kids sleeping in the airport. They <laughs> <laughs> were taxiing, you know, and it was and they were screaming. I was watching the kids just running all over everywhere, and uh, uh, ten thousand kids sleeping in sleeping bags outside, waiting for our arrival. I had no wow. idea it was going to turn like that, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just amazing. Yeah. Maybe my favorite quote wow. in the book is uh, one minute I was in school studying British history. The next thing I know, the Queen is asking us to come and perform. Yes, that was amazing, of course. After uh, uh, being in school and learning all about the Queen and, and everything about that, you see all the red carpet and the horses and the carriages and the things like that. And all of a sudden, we performed for the Queen. <laughs> she called us to perform. <laughs> Yeah, and she told us that she had all of our records, and I couldn't believe it. <laughs> she had all of our records, and she listened to it all the time. The, the Queen is a Jackson 5 fan. I was like, if you need to go find her 45 yeah, yeah. collection. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Queen the, the, into the Jackson 5 music, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, we all look back at, at those four number ones in particular as, I mean, just all four of them, all iconic, well known songs. But as you note in the book, uh, the second number one, which it's kind of crazy to me to think that people didn't like this, but you said you didn't like ABC when you first heard it. Uh, what was wrong with ABC no, in I, its first I, I iteration? Did, yeah, yeah, I didn't like it at first because I thought it was too bubblegum, kitty land, ABC, you're learning your ABCs. And, but, you know, it, it just grew on me. So it grew on me as, as, as time went on. It grew on me a song, and, and, and people loved it all over the world. And uh, a lot of kids today learn their ABCs, but playing ABC, you know, my boys, I get twin boys that are three years old, they'll be four years old in December, and they sing it, they know the songs themselves, and they know all the songs, it's just amazing to see how they, how they love the music themselves, you know, and it's, it's one of those iconic songs, ABC, one, two, three, you know, <laughs> do re me, <laughs> everybody, all the kids love it, you know, it's great. Yeah, I mean, myself, even, you know, growing up, like, I remember being six and seven, we were out in the front yard and, and maybe the older cousins knew it. And especially, you know, like just in a black community, like I didn't even, it's one of those songs that becomes so ingrained sort of in, in black youth culture that I didn't even realize it was, you know, a, like a real An legit song. pop song right. that was a hit. I just thought it was, you know, like almost like a nursery rhyme. Like you learn it so early, so easy. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those type of songs. Like you say, it was like a nursery rhyme type of song. You know, one of the things that I always find uh, really interesting, uh, Jackie, is that you, you have a perspective that it's just so few people in the world do. The experience, uh, the experiences you've had, talking about uh, the Queen and, and uh, ten thousand fans uh, waiting for you. Is it when you look back? Is it all a blur? Does some things stand out? How do you look back at all these uh, experiences? Is it just uh, you know, I'm just blessed that all this happened, or, or every once in a while certain details uh, pop back up in your head? 
Yeah, yeah. You know, we did so much back in the day. Cause, um, that was all part of it. When you have success like that, you know, everybody wants to be, see you and say hello. And, and you pretty much perform all over the world. And it's been some very fantastic moments that we've shared, my brothers and I, over the years. And I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. All the tours and all the great stadium dates that we did around the world and, and arena dates as well. And it, it, was just, it was just a fantastic ride. You know, it really was. I wouldn't trade it for nothing in the world. You know? And today, and because we had so many hits, you know, we, we, try, we tour today and make a living off things like that, you know, off tours that we do even today, you know, around the world. You know, we played Glastonbury, uh, Glastonbury uh, last year, I think about maybe four months ago, five months ago. Right. And it was like over 200,000 people there just going crazy who just love the music. And uh, it was just amazing to see how many people there was out there. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah. I never played that in front of that many people before, 200,000 people. <laughs> Jackie, how did uh, how did life change the more you guys became established? You talk about sort of uh, it was almost overnight or over a few months, but uh, yeah, other groups if they have this kind of success so quickly and then uh, everything gets overwhelming, they can always break up. Uh, things get too tense. I mean, you you could too, but uh, you're still family at the end of the day. So, what was the family yeah. dynamic of being in the band? Because you you never really could get away from each other ultimately if if things ever got really intense. Well, you know, you know, we worked at a very at a very very young age. We were very very young, and it was something that we really wanted to do ourselves because we was laying in the bed, licking the ceiling, and say, "Are we ever going to make it?" We yeah. say that to ourselves all the time. And, yeah, I was just telling just, just, just keep plugging, just you know, just stay with it, you know, just work hard and and and, and just and, and, and just hone your just hone your craft. You know, he used to tell us that all the time. That's what we did. We stayed at it all the time. And sometimes when you get that break, you got to be ready. And we got that break, and we were ready. And that's how we got signed. And things happened that way. And you, and then what you do, you build from there with a great career. And, and, and plus, it's not just that you have to have wonderful people working with you, around you. And Barry Gordy had a great staff at Motown, great writers, great producers at that particular time. So they wrote the songs at that particular time. And and uh, we understood that, that we represented Motown, the company, when we were out there. So we, we were on top of We were on top of things. And we did what we wanted to do. And uh, we went traded for nothing in the world. So the book, uh, The Jackson's Legacy, uh by the Jacksons with Fred Bronson, uh, Jackie Jackson and Fred, our, our guests here on the podcast. Uh, it kind of breaks up your career uh, into different eras, and you get into a uh, chapter uh, section called The Epic Years. Uh, you, you talk about uh, Jackie and, and other people in the book, how uh, as great as that start was at Motown, uh, things changed, uh, things were changing the band. Uh, Jermaine leaves, uh, Randy joins, you, you become the Jacksons instead of uh, technically the Jackson 5. Uh, Michael is emerging as a solo star. Was it at that point just uh, you're taking things as they come or do you remember it uh, as being sort of a tumultuous time yeah i remember it because at that particular time we were getting older and adolescents and stages you know fall into play and, and your voice start changing because you know you're going up to be a, a you know young man and that particular time our contract contract had expired with motown and we were pretty much wanted to write our own music at that particular time to just let people know where we were coming from and epic signed us and we had a, a great career with Epic, you know. Uh, you know, Michael had a great solo career with Epic, and we had a great uh, career career with the brothers with Epic. We had we recorded some like maybe I think maybe seven albums with Epic, you know. 
and they were great records working with Gamelin Huff and different people like that, you know, and great music. We had a great, great time with those guys. Epic treated us like family too as well. Uh, thank them for that, you know. Yeah, I think sometimes people think of, of those early hits, but you, you look at the victory years, which is the next section in the book, and uh, Six of You on Tour, uh, being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Thriller, as you mentioned. Uh, as big as the 70s were, this this is a really high point commercially for you guys. Yes, being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is something that uh, uh, I think every artist just wanted to achieve, you know, over their extent of their career, and we were able to... Uh, 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 able to uh, achieve that in Rock and the Hall of Fame and, and being inducted to Rock and the Hall of Fame was something as youngsters as we, as we did at the particular time it was, just, it was so exciting to us and still today I look at the trophy every day on my shelf you know and uh, it's, it's, um, I'm so happy that we are we're inducted to Rock and the Hall of Fame it's amazing of, of all the professional honors commercial critical would you say that that's the, the high point of your entire career? Getting that induction, I think, I think so. at the end of the day, I think every artist want to be uh, inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, I, I, I think so. Yeah, I think that's a high point of our career to me. I, I think so. Yeah. You mentioned uh, Michael, uh, Jackie. Did you sense uh, any change in him over the years as he became the world's biggest solo star? I know he, he said uh, he said in certain interviews he was lonely. Fame isn't always what you think it might be. Uh, what what was that like uh, for him from what you saw just just being his brother? Well, you know, you know, I always look at Michael as a brother. You know, other people look at him as the Michael the great superstar, superstar. We look at him as just our brother. And I knew Michael had that kind of talent to, to do what he was going to do. We, we all know that. We knew that. He always had that in him because he worked so hard with his career every single day. I mean, every single day he was always dancing and writing, and, and uh, he was pretty much never took a break. You know, he just loved it that much. He loved the business. He loved the pageantry of it. He just he loved the glitz and the lights and the glamour. He loved he loved entertainment. I mean, he sleeping. Uh, he he just loved it so much, and I knew I knew that he was going to do that. You know, because he was right in his, he was right on his bedroom in, in his bedroom mirror and in, in his bedroom. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell over 10 million records. Yeah. He wrote that on his mirror, in his bedroom, and he would look at that every morning. You wash your face, and you look at that every morning, and you work toward that goal every morning. You can't achieve that, and that's what he did. He wrote it on his mirror, in his bathroom. At what age did he do that, Jackie? He 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 did that. He did that right. He did that right. I think it was when he was off the wall. Off the wall, he did a doom off the wall era yeah. in that time. That's when he did that. So before Thriller, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah he'd take a grease pencil and write that on his mirror. I would sell these many records. I would do this. I would do that. And every day when you look at that and you wash your face, you're looking at that. And you work toward that goal. That's what he would do. Yeah, you uh, you call him a genius in 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 the book. You say he just just some people have it, very few people have it. Whatever it is, uh, you say yeah. that he he had it, and and you say not a day goes by you you don't uh, you don't uh, think of him. His his spirit is is still with you. So he's uh, he's still always a part of you. As as again, uh, not just the world superstar, but but again, just your brother. Yes, yes, I look at that. I'm serious, sir. You know, today I was because uh, I'm in Las Vegas, and I was on on, on strip early this morning. And every time I go on the strip, there's this big bus 
always comes right beside me every time. <laughs> and it's a picture of Michael plastered all over the whole bus. It's his face on the bus. And every time I go to Las Vegas, I stop at a, a stoplight. He's there right beside my side saying, Jackie, I see you. <laughs> I have to... It happens every time. It's a dust. I see him every time. Every time. It's every time I go yeah. into Vegas, I see him every time. It's like he, he wants me to see him. I see it every time. I, I definitely realize, you know, not, it wasn't a surprise, but how much the family loves each other, you know, that's apparent in my interviews and it's apparent right now that the that this is a family filled with love. Right now he's playing he's playing where I am. I mean it's he's playing over I want your back is playing right now over the radio right now. Really? <laughs> really? Yeah, right in the background he's playing right now. Yeah. <laughs> that happens to me every day when I go to lunch at a certain restaurant around the corner from my house. I want you back. I hear it every single day. While I'm having my lunch, <laughs> I'm at a restaurant right now, a private <laughs> restaurant, and it's playing right now in the background. Right, now. <laughs> right. no accidents, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> no, that. I, thank you so much uh, for, for sharing these memories, uh, Jack. I think uh, that's yeah. kind of what we're saying. That you, you know, you, you guys, uh, everyone just knows your music, but at the heart of it all, it's. As you've been saying, it's a family. It's a family that grew up in in a small house, just making music, just a one 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 house of love that now yeah. everyone knows. Yeah, we we had great, wonderful fans around the world who supported us. We took the music, and grasped the music, and just loved it and supported us along the way because we wouldn't be here without them. They're still there today. They still come out to see us and and uh, and sing the songs and hold up signs and everything, and, and they're still with us. And I'm, I thank them for that. We owe it to them, right? And as part of that that legacy that you guys have, um, do you guys or do you ever see some of some of these tribute bands who come around? I know there's one uh, that went around pretty viral recently of recreating one of the early talent shows that you guys have. Do you when you see that, what does that make you think? You know that that people are not only listening to your music but recreating your act. You know, trying to literally follow in those footsteps. Well, these bands come up to us all the time. You know, and uh, matter of fact. You, know, you won't believe this. Uh, uh, Guns N' Roses uh, guitar player. What's his name? Uh, I can't think of it. Slash? Slash. Uh, Slash? Flash. Flash came up to me and told me, he said, Jackie, I want you to know the reason why I'm playing guitar because of Jermaine. I said, get out oh, of here. Well. He said, no. He said, I'm playing guitar because of your brother Jermaine. I learned, I learned, the, I learned, I learned the bass first. I, le- I learned the bass first, and then I went to the guitar. The reason why I'm playing this music because of you guys. He told Flash told me that. Wow! Wow! Uh, people come to tell us that all the time. Yeah. So now we're learning too that the Jackson Five, Jermaine, are kind of responsible for for one of the all-time rock guitarists. Yeah, legends well. influencing legends, yeah. literally. <laughs> and all the boy bands in the past, and In Sync, and One Direction, all the, they all, they've all told me. They're in the business because of us. They all told me that. So I love hearing that, that they enjoy the music, you know, and I love I love hearing that. Yeah. Right, even even in sync's first hit, I want you back. It doesn't get any more obvious than that right. as a tribute to, to, to you guys. 
What are family celebrations now like with all these new generations now with uh, with, with other children? Uh, it's a huge family at this point. Just uh, just more love overall for, for everybody all around. It's so much fun. So much so much food. Uh, we have so much food laying around, and and the chefs cook, they cook so much food, and uh, and the whole family singing and playing sports and, and watching sports. It just it's just a wonderful feeling to have everybody because everybody's scattered sometimes you know doing their own craft and doing things when we come together it is so much fun we have a great time yeah the whole family's there everyone's there yeah and with uh janet uh, busy uh, touring do, do you get to see janet uh, a lot what well she's she, she's touring right now and we saw her some, some of her shows when she came to las vegas and and also when she came to los angeles family saw her and she got a great, great show out there right now, and uh, she's throwing down out there. <laughs> she did a wonderful job. Yeah. Was she? What, what was she? What was she saying about the band when when you guys were having your your, your you know in the eighties? She she was uh, young, seventies, eighties. But was she ever? Uh, what was her take uh, on on the Jackson Five back then? Yeah. Did you guys did you guys cross a lot? Did you see a lot of her when she, you know she's younger than you guys when you were all on the road traveling and things like that? Yes, we did, but she was a little bitty girl at the time, and uh, she was with my mom a lot. We were doing traveling and touring on a particular time, and, but she would come out herself, and uh, as you know, she became an artist herself. She was pretty much watching everything we were doing, and and, and she learned from us and, and what to do, what not to do, and and uh, she had a, she was having a great career herself, you know, over these years, you know. Did that kind of surprise you guys when 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 you saw Janet starting to make her own musical? Uh, inroads where you could no, like... not at all. Not at all. We knew she had it in. We all knew it. Yeah. We just wondered when it was gonna break, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it did. You know, with the help of John McClane and and uh, all the people over at A and M Records at that particular time. Yeah. You talk about uh, family, uh, Jackie. Uh, you twin boys now. That'll keep you active, right? Yeah. Yeah. Three, almost four to be four. New Year's Eve. And they are yeah. both. They know every song, every musical song. They know everything about the Jacksons. They know about the uncle. Everything. Uh, they, they've seen us on stage before, and just they they, they love the music business. I pretty much don't want them in it. I want them playing sports or doing playing tennis or doing something like that. But if they want to be in, I can't stop them. You know, something, something. You know, you just have to give them that support. You know, that's what you have to do. Maybe Jackson 2.0 coming through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give you that one for like free, that, you know. Yeah, that sounds good. And uh, Jackie, you mentioned this year's uh, UK tour. Uh, yeah, fifty something years later, you guys are still performing for fans. Uh, do you have a different kind of appreciation uh, for it now, or is it just uh, kind of like your kids again? You're you're just playing music because you love it. No, no, we really love doing it. It's amazing. And plus, on top of that, you know, it's, it's you know, it's if we have a high energy show on stage and it's great exercise for me i love it. it's like going to the gym but you get paid for it too at the same time <laughs> it's something we love to do we love to hear the audience sing the songs and sometimes i forget the lyrics i just hold the mic out there the audience sing it for me you know <laughs> refreshing my memory <laughs> benefit of having hits you can just let the audience sing yeah. them <laughs> yeah it's wonderful. It's a wonderful thing. Entertainment business is great. You know, if you treat it right, it's going to treat you right. You know, that's how it is. What do you think of current music, Jack? Anything you like specifically? You're still you still follow a lot of new music. 
love a lot. I love a lot of rap things out there. I love I, I love the weekend, Bruno Mars. I just love a lot of people out there. I love mm. Steve Aoki, and I was with him uh, two days ago. You know, at a club, him and I hanging out. You know, and uh, uh, he's a good friend of mine. Matter of fact, he lives in Vegas, right near me. And uh, Celine Dion lives across the street from me, two doors down, and we all hang out sometimes. We have fun and and talk about the business. We have great times. Now, you know? imagine you go you go down to Starbucks and see Jackie Jackson, Stevie Oki, Celine Dion just having lattes <laughs> in the corner or something. That we <laughs> so we all hang out a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's great. We have a great time. Do what you do in the neighborhood. Yeah. I think we can tell just from talking with you, Jackie, how. How you you and the Jacksons would want to be remembered? What you know, the book is called Legacy. How do you see the legacy of uh, of this music you've been uh, giving to, to people around the world for for fifty years and a little bit more now? Uh, I just I hope people just remember us as a group who uh, who we do try to make people happy around the world through our music, love of our music, and that's what we try to do. We try to give music and. Make people happy and smile. That's all you can do. So if we can make people happy and make them smile through music, and make them dance and, and celebrate, you know, that means we've done it. You know, that's to me. And uh, and, uh, and and like I told you before, uh, we couldn't have done it without the fans because they've been so supportive over the years. And we know how this career, this, this music industry, you have your ups and downs. It's like a roller coaster ride sometimes. But, you know, those fans that have always been there with us from day one and get to give that more support, and uh, I thank them for that. Well, thank you, uh, Jackie, for sharing uh, your stories, both uh, in in the book and just here with us uh, today. It just uh, we can hear the love uh, that you guys uh, that you have. Uh, it sounds like uh, as a family. So really, really appreciate you uh, sharing uh, that with us and, and people listening uh, to the podcast. And uh, Fred, uh, thank you for for sharing uh, the story as well. People uh, around the world are, who have been fans for so long of the band. This is this is about as complete uh, a, a book, or really just a complete uh, look at, at any act. This is this is an incredible book that that. You you put together a Fred so uh, congratulations to you for, for your work and, and, and how you did this yeah. thanks Fred thanks so much Fred did a wonderful job a fantastic job well I loved doing it and you know loved working with you and your brothers it was it was just a real pleasure to work on this book it's pretty much a masterpiece that we have for the rest of our lives and, I, and, and our grandchildren will be able to look at this book in years and, and look through it and, and, and see what their uncles and aunts did, you know, on stage, which is something that Fred put together. It's a great book. It's a masterpiece. Thank you, Jackie. Fred, thank you as always, Jackie. An absolute honor. Uh, really, really appreciate you uh, chatting with us uh, today. Uh, uh, just uh, so nice to, to hear uh, all, all this from you. Just a, a real honor for, for both of us to chat with you today. We do really appreciate your time for this and, and taking so long to talk to us, really. Thank you very much, guys. I need to do you something to get closer to your soul. And you do know that I want you Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style. Want truly hydrated skin? Meet Osea's Body Care Breakthrough, Hyaluronic Body Serum. It's clinically proven to increase hydration by 161%. It's lightweight, fast-absorbing, and delivers 24 hours of hydration for silky smooth skin without any sticky afterfeel. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.